first of all, you can develop discipline only through action, which means that you have to act in order for you to, to develop discipline. But if someone struggles with that, I personally would suggest to them to write down 10 reasons why they, they need to work out, right? How them, them not training is affecting their life. And I'm saying, for example, you know, their libido is low, lack of energy, they're overweight, they don't look good in their clothes, etc. Just make that list. So when you read that list, it's going to obviously create certain emotions in you, which should propel you to take action. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out here with you. And we're dropping a new and healthy episode this week, focusing on physical fitness. We have a special guest joining us today, Ivan Cholikov, who's going to be helping us understand the importance of physical fitness as it relates to the home services industry. And we'll be excited to hear from him and some of his insight. Not only is this a guy who literally knows so much about it, but he lives and breathes it too. The guy's literally a mountain of a man, uh, and we're excited to have him on our show. Actually, his first podcast too, so pretty cool to have him uh, featured on the Waste No Day podcast. But before we jump into his interview, we want to break down the subject for you ourselves, and to do that, we're going to start off with our quote, Brian. Physical fitness is not only one of the most important keys to a healthy body, it is the basis of dynamic and creative intellectual activity. John F. Kennedy. Fitness. Like fitness pizza in my mouth? Wow. <laughs> Nate Minnick. No, no. <laughs> not original. Oh, yeah. I'd say what fitness is one of those things that we all really could, uh, I think, admit we need to do a little bit better on. And specifically for you all out there in trucks driving around, you know as well as I do that losing a couple pounds and taking that weight off of your knees that you're going up and down on every single day would probably be a good thing. And that's why we wanted to jump into the topic on this podcast, because it is something that we all kind of know. And we kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and say, yeah, I probably should. And hopefully this is that one item, that one podcast, that one little push that gets you moving in the direction of, okay, it's not something I should, it's something I will do. Working out and weightlifting in particular can sound like, I don't know, maybe boring. It's <laughs> so far from the way I see that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're talking about like jogging or something, yeah, that sounds like ugh, just torture. Uh, that's but, actually something I would do more. Ugh, but lifting weights, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, and just picking up heavy stuff like uh, the good Lord, you know, made the weights to, to have us do. I pick things up and put them down. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like it. Um, but before I ever did it, and I never worked out growing up, not until, I don't know, 2010, um, I always looked at it, especially when I was in a truck, as one, I don't have time. Two, I can't afford to be that sore and not be able to, like, you know, be very mobile. And three, you know, I'll hurt myself and then I'll be off work. And it's really not 
all three of those things were just excuses, know, probably just excuses that I was telling myself so I didn't have to go work out. And I'll say in, in my 20s and probably early 30s, it, it didn't make that big of a difference. But now in my 40s, even in my really my mid 30s and into my 40s, I would I'd be a lot less fit as a result of not working out. So the strength would be windling and the belly would be getting bigger and um, you, know, you, you get less, less and less um, stamina, like even like climbing stairs or dragging a water heater or a water softener with a little salt still in it. Um, finding the time is simply making the time. That's anybody who just says they don't have time for anything is that's an excuse. We all know. You you can say what you will to some somebody on the outside, but everybody knows they could carve out time um, just by way of getting up a little bit earlier. But when I was in a truck, I actually worked out most of the time in the evening. So I would always have my gym bag with a protein shake in my truck ready to go. If I got off early headed to the gym, if I didn't have a call, like – it's 11 a.m. and my next call is a 1 to 4 and they won't be home until 1.30 and there's no call waiting. I'm heading right to the gym. Or, you know, on the way home, you got to have like a – I had a membership to a 24-hour gym. So if it was fairly late, I still needed to get it in. I would go there and do like a 35, 40-minute workout. But, you know, if I'm off at 3.30, I'm, I'm going to do an hour, hour and a half real set. But now in the position I'm in, with four kids and a lot of sports to, to get them to and school board meetings and all this nonsense that's going on right now. Um, there's no, there's no such thing as the evening workout. So my wife and I get up at four fifteen and head to the gym and I shower at the gym and she heads back home and then I shoot into here in the morning, but I, I would love to sleep until five thirty, six o'clock. I would, I'd love to do that every morning. When the alarm goes off, I look at that thing and go, man, would I like another hour and a half sleep like everybody else does. But you just can't afford that. Number one, you can't afford it physically. Number two, where, where are you going to look back on 10 years and have gained by getting an extra hour and a half of sleep every morning versus having gotten up? Beat your mind into submission to drag yourself out of that bed jump in the cold car and drive down to the gym and get it in. And if you look back 10 years on one or the other, which one are you going to, which one do you wish you had been doing for the last 10 years? Let's put it that way. That extra hour of sleep mean that much to you? And we don't always get to bed at a decent time. We, we have four kids, you know, two dogs at the house, two cats. Like there's, <laughs> there's always something that is going to keep you awake late. And there are times we might not get to sleep until midnight. We're still getting up at 4.15. We're still going to the gym. Um, it just, it's just part of the routine. So it has to happen no matter what. What it will do is force you to get to bed a little bit earlier because you're, you're thinking in terms of how miserable I'm going to be halfway through tomorrow if I don't get any sleep tonight and still work out. But you still have to – that one's a non-negotiable for us. That, that's one we're going to do. Um, the soreness and stuff like that, I mean, I, I still get myself sore every workout, but really the first week or two, probably I'd say the first two weeks, say you do three, three workouts a week, maybe chest and triceps Monday, and then 
back and biceps Wednesday and then legs Friday and then take the rest of the week off in the beginning just to, you know, really start getting used to it. After week two, you're not really getting all that sore anymore. It's not to the point where you can't functionally do your job. But what you still will will see is you start getting stronger. Things that, I mean, I was in a truck way before I ever worked out. And then I was in a truck when I really started getting serious about lifting. And what I started to notice was things started coming apart a lot easier. Like carrying things up and down steps didn't leave me with a sore back anymore because I wasn't overcompensating as a result of my insanely weak Nate Minnick type arms and that, shoulders. That seems <laughs> not only inaccurate, but unlikely. <laughs> I keep mistaking the mic stand for Nate's bicep over my head. <laughs> um, yeah, the soreness factor. And then the, the uh, injury factor, which... It, which it is a real one. Um, you don't go into that gym for the first time or your second month and start trying to hit one rep personal records. And I, I recommend finding a trainer uh, to get you started, especially an online coach like Ivan, what Ivan is, because online coaches are not expensive. Like if you went to a gym and hired a personal trainer to work out with you, but they can tell you everything you need to know. So it's a, it's an easy, um, it's an easy first step to do. I don't use an online coach. I, I had all the coaching I needed when I got started. Um, but I do recommend it for somebody who's never worked out before because they exist. Like they didn't exist when I started working out. There were no online coaches, but now they, they do. And it's a, it's something that figure out what you want to do. What do I want to do? Um, let's say you want to put on, well, maybe you don't even know what 15 pounds of muscle looks like, but say, you want to develop, you know, bigger shoulders and chest and, and arms and legs. Tell your coach this is what you want. Or maybe you want to lose weight. You want to slim down and get fit. Or maybe you just want to get physically stronger. You want to be um, more of a force to reckon with when you're dragging a water heater up the steps or whatnot. Whatever it is, you can contact a coach and say, here's what I'm looking to do. Like Ivan. Ivan just seems like a really good guy. Um and that coach will tell you, here's the, here's the process. Here are the steps. His, his is, I believe his course is 90 days. And he will tell you how to get there with what to eat and what to do at the gym. Probably what to do on days off of the gym, I would imagine. I'm guessing he, he'll go into your sleep habits. Um, but it's a great way to get started. And I recommend it for everybody. That's right, Brian. And it is something that uh, is needed in the home services industry. We've talked about it before on our keto podcast, but uh, we're, you know, nobody's getting younger here and this is a physically demanding field. Uh, so the more that we can do to take care of our bodies, not only for the sake of our customers and our career, but for ourselves and our children and grandchildren uh, to be able to hopefully throw a ball with them and, you know, get down on the floor and wrestle around with them uh, and not, you know, feel like those are, are, are too painful or, or not available to us because uh, of, of not taking care of our bodies along the way. So with that being said, we want to invite Ivan Chalikov to sit in your passenger seat today. Our guest today is Ivan Chalikov. That's C-H-O-L-A-K-O-V. He was born in Bulgaria and came to the United States in 2012 as a certified strength and conditioning specialist slash nutritionist. He has a bachelor in marketing and is the creator of the Spartan Dad Project coaching program, 
As a Christian, he not only loves training and coaching people, but he also hobbies in martial arts, weightlifting, reading, traveling, studying, and theology. Very cool. Uh, welcome to the show, Ivan. Glad to having you, Nate. Yeah, welcome, buddy. It's good to good to talk to you in person, uh, Ivan. I ran into on the Extreme Ownership Facebook group, which is the Facebook group um, kind of built around Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership book. I think there's like 50,000 members in there or something. And every time I saw a post by Ivan, um, it, it, it was always motivating and inspiring. He's like super fit, just dude's jacked uh, and always doing crazy workouts. But he very freely gives of himself in that group where he's he's just given tips and tricks on um, physical fitness, but also like like working out in ways that keep you from getting injured and stuff like that that I really benefit from when I'm working out myself. So I thought it would be a good idea to have you on. Also, you seem to have a very cool story that I thought we our, our audience would benefit from hearing. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about where you came from, Ivan? Thanks uh, for having me, first of all. Brian, uh, my name is Ivan. I'm uh, originally from Bulgaria. I was fortunate and blessed to be able to come to the United States nine years ago. It was uh, an amazing experience. And uh, I am from Bulgaria. I'm uh, into fitness and, and nutrition. I'm a registered dietitian and also a precision nutrition nutritionist. Also certified personal trainer and training conditioning coach. And uh, I got into fitness since a very young age. I was pretty much very active. Uh, in my family, training was something that was uh, pretty much imposed by my parents. And my father was a, was a boxer. So I started training since I was 10 years old. I got into wrestling. Then uh, later on, I became more involved into weightlifting and uh, lifting weights and fitness. But uh, that is something that since a very young age was very, very important to me. And um, down the years, especially once I came to the United States, I fully got involved into coaching people and um, specifically working on their nutrition. And uh, I see that I saw the changes that happened with people, how their habits change and how they started becoming very, very healthy. And that's something that is uh, extremely important for me and also gives me a lot, a lot of pleasure and a lot of satisfaction. That's really great, Ivan. And we appreciate um, not only hearing that as your story, but also you're living that out. I mean, I've seen pictures of you. You're, you're no small guy. And I think you're, you're living by the words that you're preaching there. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, something that is, uh, as I said, is very important for me. And uh, as you know, leading by example is, uh, is crucial because we can, we can talk a lot of things and we can try to motivate people, but uh, example speaks louder than words and our actions are something that people have to go by. And that is, uh, this is why it's very, very important for me too. Yeah. So you said your father was a boxer? Yeah, he was, uh, he was a trained boxer. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 2015, but yeah, so he was very into training and uh, I started training since a very young age because of that. Uh, down the road, obviously, I enjoyed it as well. And um, just the culture in Bulgaria is uh, quietly different a little bit <clears throat> than uh, here in the United States. I was uh, living in the days of communism, uh, which pretty much uh, training was, uh, I wouldn't say it was mandatory, but if you wanted to graduate from high school and uh, university down the line, you had to train. You pretty much had to pick a specific sport you want to get involved with. And uh, everybody my age and my generation were extremely active uh, 
in high school, we were training a lot, and that's something that was pretty much kind of imposed by the government. So it just I was raised in that culture, so to speak. So when you say training, is that like picking a certain uh, martial arts discipline, like boxing or jujitsu or something, or you mean um, physical fitness in general, sports? I yeah, I, I talk about physical fitness, uh, but more specifically like wrestling, judo, sambo, um, weightlifting, powerlifting, those kind of sports. Yeah. So forgive my ignorance, but uh, in America and, and and Bulgaria, obviously, I already mentioned there's some differences there, but I'm I'm not understanding why you had to be training to advance in education. Because it was pretty much uh, it was something normal during communism. The government was pretty much uh, imposing on people that that you have to be physically active, and if you're not, you're not going to be a good contributor to society. So it was something that. Uh, it was actually governed by law. You had to train. You you couldn't if you were someone who wouldn't train. Let's say I wouldn't be involved in, in physical training. Uh, you would have hard times actually graduating even from high school because uh, back in the day you you needed that high score in order for you to advance. So it was actually regulated by the government. So when I tell that to people, a lot of people don't even they look at me very very surprised because as as I said, now it's it's totally different. Obviously, we have democracy and. That we have, you know, the freedom of speech and the freedom to pick and choose what we want to train if we want to, right? But back in the day, that wasn't the case, especially in the former Soviet Union countries. And uh, that's what happened with, with in Bulgaria. Then later on, when I finished high school, uh, things changed, obviously. We had uh, changes in the, in the government, and now it's not anymore like that. But uh, back in the day, it was pretty much imposed by the government to be physically active and um, pick a sport you want to get involved with. And they give you a score based on your results there and uh, your attendance record. And then you can progress through uh, different levels of uh, your education. Hmm. Well, you, I, I know you can't see us, but we're looking at you very surprised too. That's, uh, that's, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's like, it feels good and bad. Like forcing people to train is a tough one, but at the same time, I kind of feel like our society could use a lot more force to train <laughs> <laughs> or, or just be off the couch in general. Um, I was surprised to hear you say Sambo. Isn't that the one that uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is, was a champion of before he got into the UFC? Yeah, yeah, combat Sambo, yeah. Exactly the same sport. Yeah, that's a big one. You uh, you also practice jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so Ivan, I wanted to ask you as far as like what was driving that motivation. So obviously you had, you had the government pushing you, but how, what was the impact of your father and like his legacy and the training that he was doing? How did that impact you and, and your trajectory as far as where you ended up now? Yeah, well, the father, my father pulled that from really young age that he used to tell me always, it, it doesn't matter what happens to you. All that matters is uh, what you can do about it, right? And uh, if you can change certain circumstances, then you have to change them. But if you can't, obviously, you have to accept them. And uh, training has to do a lot with that. Uh, when you get into training, you obviously develop certain set of qualities that will be helpful for you down the road, especially in your life, like discipline, controlling your emotions, obviously being persistent, never giving up, um, humility as well, because as we all know, when you train martial arts specifically, you're never going to be the, the best person out there. You will be, you know, you'll be beaten up. You'll go through a lot of hard sessions, but that's going to teach you humility down the road and uh, respect. So those are the qualities that, really I started developing and uh, they really, really helped me later on, especially when I came to the United States, um, not knowing anyone and 
you know, pretty much starting from ground zero. So those are the qualities that my father instilled in me and um, they were really, really helpful and they, they keep helping me. Absolutely. So just to clarify, now your full-time employment is surrounding personal training and dietary needs and coaching. Is that correct? Yeah. uh, Initially, I was uh, managing a CrossFit gym. I was the general manager of a CrossFit gym. But uh, since COVID hit, I started transitioning strictly into online coaching. And also, I saw uh, fantastic results with a lot of people during the online period. So I was encouraged by that, and uh, I developed a system which really, really helps with online coaching, and uh, I decided to go that route. Awesome. Well, we want to jump into it here today. Our podcast focuses primarily on the in-home services industry. So we're dealing with plumbers, electricians, and HVAC techs. And these generally are men and women who are in trucks most of the day. Um, When they're not in a truck, they're in front of somebody in their home servicing whatever particular need they have that day from a leak to an electrical issue to no heat, no cool, et cetera. Um, it's not what I would say is your traditional eight to, you know, eight to four, nine to five job, whatever it may be. It's erratic. There's a lot of um, shift differentiation in, in that sometimes you're starting early, sometimes you're starting later. You have no idea when you're getting home. So it can be pretty hard to be disciplined as far as knowing exactly what your schedule is going to look like. Uh, sometimes with that type of lifestyle, uh, poor eating habits become part of that as well. We've already done a pod, uh, podcast on keto, uh, which I believe you're not a fan of. And uh, we've, we want to continue looking at the, the health impacts of what it is to be in the trades because it's such a growing and needing industry. And yet we want people to be in it and stay in it for a long and healthy time. So let's start off with some basics. If you were bringing in some plumbers, HVC techs, and electricians, uh, and we're going to sit them in front of you, what would be the first thing that you would be telling them about what they need to do to get themselves healthy? Well, number one, I would uh, encourage them to start tracking their food intake so they can actually see what patterns they have, uh, what are their caloric intake. And just doing that for a week or two, three weeks, just to get into the habit. Once they achieve that and they're consistent with it, obviously we have to develop a plan of how they can be more active, right? But unless you have a clear idea of what you're consuming, how many calories you're eating, it will be very tough for you to hit any kind of goal. So that will be the number one rule that I would actually uh, tell them to do. Just start tracking their food intake. And is that as simple as like just getting one of those calorie counting apps and you know just keeping track of what, what you're putting in the body? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much downloading any uh, any macro tracking app could be my fitness pal, and just getting into the habit of tracking their food intake. Because according to research, people who succeed in terms of hitting their goals, regardless if we talk about weight loss or muscle building, eighty percent of those people have some sort of self accountability. They hold themselves accountable, and the best way to do that is if you have a clear idea of what you're eating, right? So this is the the number one advice I would give just about anyone, especially people in that industry who are not, um, you know, don't have a set schedule and uh, don't have a clear routine in place because of their schedule. So just tracking their food intake for two, three weeks in a row and seeing how their weight is going to fluctuate based on that food intake. Okay. 
Um, so that is another thing that is potential, like the, the food intake from one week to the next could even be substantially different. You know, one time they actually stop for lunch and they get a decent meal. And then the next time they work right through lunch and, uh, you know, they're, they're eating snacks the whole day. So giving that a little bit of time would kind of probably help equal that out and give you a good idea of what the average is. Yeah, definitely. And also based on how their body's responding in terms of their weight, if their weight is not doesn't change in two week period that means that they're eating the same amount of calories that they're actually burning so they can give them an idea okay at that amount of calories my weight is not changing so that is my what is called maintenance level uh, and that also gives you an idea of what patterns do you have do you eat more food on certain days do you eat more food over the weekend what is the reason of you know indulging in eating more or certain periods of the day so if that is has to also psychologically to have an idea of what patterns do you build okay that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I can tell you that I definitely eat more when I'm stressed or uh, you know, dealing with uh, something that's challenging in my life. And sometimes people use that as um, a coping mechanism. So stress is definitely another part of the home services industry. There is a fair amount of stress, uh, not only in like the hours and, and the demands of it, but also in dealing with clients and, and sometimes navigating some difficult conversations and things. How much does stress play into your diet and into your overall health? Oh, stress is huge because uh, stress has to do with uh, your hunger hormone, which is called ghrelin. The more, the more stressful you are, the more that hormone becomes more active. And you're actually, even if you're not hungry, you feel like you want to, you have cravings, you feel like you want to eat. And this is why a lot of people, when they're stressed, they actually reach out to food, they start eating, even though they're not actually hungry. It's because there's, the stress that has been accumulated. So stress is something that is, is crucial, obviously. Um, it releases also cortisol, which, uh, you know, can affect testosterone level and can be very detrimental over the long run. And learning how to manage that, obviously, is the key. And I think that uh, training and just being physically active is a great outlet to utilize that stress into the right direction. Okay, so that's actually really interesting. Um, I, I, I think it's it's incredibly insightful to say like that that's how the science of the body works in, in that when stress is occurring, you get that, that desire to eat or that, that feeling of needing to eat, even though you're not actually needing to eat. Um, and then that, you know, can certainly have all kinds of negative effects coming from there. Now, if, if I'm living the life of a, a tradesperson and, you know, the first call of the day has already got me stressed out. Like I'm anxious and I'm, I'm already starting to encounter those feelings of like, Oh, I just, it's going to be a long day. I got a lot ahead of me. And, you know, I, I see the, the, uh, 7-Eleven on the road and I stop by and grab that big bag of Cheetos and everything. What are some things that I can do to start training my mind away from that type of, uh, habit or that type of, um, you know, release? Well, I would say number one, hydrate. That should be the number one uh, thing you should do when you're stressed. Also controlling your breathing, um, trying to manage that stress in the first few minutes when, when that happens. And, and the next thing is instead of Cheetos, uh, make sure that you have a good source of protein because high intake of protein keeps you satiated and actually uh, able to regulate your, your hunger hormone. Um, that is another another reason why a lot of people overeat because their diets are very poor in terms of protein compared to let's say saturated fats and, and carbohydrates. So having that good amount of protein they keeps you satiated and it's definitely 
uh, something to consider. So just to summarize, number one, control your breathing, hydrate, and also have uh, close by sources of protein. It could be, you know, obviously the protein shake. It could be um, maybe nuts, even though nuts are high in fat, but still they have protein. Just something that can keep you satiated instead of buying Cheetos and, uh, you know, snacks like that. I see you're really going in on attacking Cheetos, Ivan, and I don't get it because they've been <laughs> they've been nothing to good but good to me. Um, but I know not all proteins are exactly created equal. So what when you say high in protein, what are some proteins you tend to lean lean towards? I mean, the protein, the best quality protein, obviously, is whey protein isolate, right? Um, which includes all the 32 essential amino acids. Now you can reach out to plant based proteins; they're not complete what is called proteins Gross. but in terms of force yeah in terms of forces you can <laughs> yeah you can uh, reach out to you know obviously chicken protein shake uh, edamame is a good protein source uh, tofu is a good protein source uh, as well um, just having that different variety sardines obviously when you're traveling right you're kind of a little bit limited from uh, different options but it's still something that you can definitely consider Sure, I keep uh, I keep I don't know probably two six packs of um, sardines in my cabinet in my kitchen, but I I probably wouldn't recommend it to a technician who's going to somebody's home next. <sighs> yeah, that would not <laughs> would not uh, smell great in the in the homeowner's kitchen. But uh, what what do you say to red meats? I was really hoping you were going to touch on like some nice ribeye or filet mignon here shortly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely is an option. It's just a uh... You just have to go for the leanest cuts there are, right? Like, filet um, mignon is definitely definitely an option. But again, we just have to keep in mind that those kind of foods, they're high in calories, right? So if you go with weight loss, at the end of the day, you still have to manage that. Especially in, uh, in steak, steak is high in fat too, so you have to really consider that. But yeah, I, I like red meat myself. Um, filet mignon is a, great, is a great option. It's just, I don't know how doable that is when you're traveling right having <laughs> yeah. if you meal prep definitely an option but if you're just traveling maybe you want to have like a smoothie or something you know like whey protein already mixed up some edamame some tofu you know uh, maybe some chicken stripes something like that something that is more candy so to speak yeah we can't be having hour and a half lunches out on the road <laughs> sit down fillets <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. now ivan you mentioned something earlier about staying hydrated Talk to us about that. Why is that so important and what does that do in terms of uh, staving off those need-to-eat feelings? Yeah, hydrating is, is crucial because obviously, you know, uh, when you stay hydrated, that not only keeps your hormones in balance, but uh, can also, instead of you feeling that you're, like you're hungry, it gives you that sense of fullness. Quite often people think they're hungry when in reality they're just not, they just haven't been hydrated. So getting that hydration is, is extremely important, not to mention that, you know, can prevent cramps, can prevent uh, injuries, stiffness, etc. So uh, it's just extremely, extremely important. And also for better cognitive function as well, brain function, etc. Just having uh, water around and drinking it regularly definitely helps. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I've um, I've done some of those like, hey, you have to drink a half gallon of water every day for a while contest and things like that. And it does like I've experienced that it, it substantially lowers your appetite because, well, for one, you're just drinking nonstop. So your stomach is full of water. And then I don't know, you just kind of get tired. <laughs> like, I got other stuff to do. I can't constantly be doing this. 
Yeah, and also it prevents constipation. If you're not drinking water, it can cause to uh, kidney stones uh, can you know take take place. So there's plenty of reasons to drink water, especially if you re- if you live in an area where it's very hot, prevents overheating, etc. So just having water nearby and just drinking it is is uh, it's very very important. Absolutely. That's something that we really encourage in the trades uh, are people generally in and out of hot attics during the summer or, or unconditioned spaces. They're working outside, they're sweating a lot. And so we're constantly encouraging them to stay hydrated, um, you know, just just for health sake. Um, like, hey, you can't get too, too dehydrated here or that could have heat stroke implications and those types of things. But from your angle, it's even better just to stay like that the entire year and really keep yourself healthy. Now, moving into another area as far as movement goes, uh, that's another big area that you focus on, which is lifting or, or exercise and training, those types of things. As I mentioned before, the schedule of the home services industry can be erratic. So some people are, are early early birds and they don't mind waking up at you know 4 a.m. and working out. Others, that's a lot more challenging. And so they look to the evening, but the evening can be unpredictable. Do you have any tips or advice on when is the best time to work out and how somebody can get into the discipline of doing that? Yeah, I mean, in my humble opinion, and according to research, there is no best time. The question is what time would be sustainable for you, right? So it really depends on your schedule. As long as if your schedule allows you to be more consistent in the morning, there will be the better time for you to train if it could be in the evening that will be the better time for you to train. You just have to see exactly what your schedule is and work accordingly. Now, I obviously recommend training at least three days a week, uh, prioritizing weightlifting, and just the rest of the day, just trying to be more active in, in, any, either, in any kind of area, meaning if you can walk five to 8,000 8, steps, for example, or just uh, be physically active, that's perfect. But starting with three times a week, I think it's a, it's a very doable solution especially if you're extremely busy. But again, in terms of timing of training, it depends on the individual and what their schedule is. Uh, if it's morning, could be morning. If it's evening, could be evening. The most important thing is to set a schedule and just being consistent with it. Right. Okay, and you're saying recommend at least three times a week on and, and, and suggesting that weightlifting is a good place to be there. What about like cardio or uh, calisthenics, those types of things. Is that something that they should also be doing on the off days or how does that mix in? Yeah. I mean, cardio, it's, uh, obviously great for your cardiovascular health and can lead also to fat loss. It also depends on, on the individual, how active they are. So now if someone is a plumber, I suspect that they're doing a lot of physical work, which is, which is a cardio on its own, right? Now it really depends how active you are. If you live, if you work in an office, you're not moving too much. Uh, doing three, four times a week, slow and steady cardio. If you're very out of shape, meaning let's say walk on the treadmill or on a bicycle for 30, 40 minutes is a great solution. If you're someone who has already been training and is in decent condition, then you can do some high intensity training, which means uh, increasing the intensity and decreasing the rest intervals in between the exercises. But again, it's very, very individual. It depends on the person, what their condition is. Um, are they very overweight? Are they very sedentary? Or are they someone who have been pretty much training consistently? And just going from there, but having a combination of weightlifting three, four times a week and cardio three, four times a week, it's a great solution. If you're very out of shape, you can just start by walking three times a week, for example, 
uh, 30, 40 minutes and combining that with weightlifting. Okay. So if I'm a, a technician and I'm looking at myself saying, hmm, yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying, Ivan. There's a lot of good things here. I'm not currently doing anything as far as exercise. Where would be a good place for me to start? Should I just start by doing the walking or, or should I jump right into the deep end and, and join a gym? I would say just to start by walking like for a week or two weeks just to get into the habit of being active and holding yourself accountable, combining with what I mentioned earlier, tracking your food intake. Once you do that for two or three weeks consistently, then you can start adding uh, some weightlifting three times a week, let's say, training your whole body for 40, 45 minutes, right? Nothing crazy. You can do that for another month, and then you can obviously progress into dividing the specific muscle groups. But again, a lot of people feel that it's very overwhelming because if you want to do a million things at the same time, that definitely could be detrimental to your progress simply because your schedule is not allowing that. So just starting with small steps, let's say walking every day, set yourself a goal of walking 5,000 miles, for example, one week, then increase 5,000 steps. steps, I mean. Okay. Yeah, then increase, yeah. <laughs> then increase to, <laughs> let's say, 8,000 8, steps, etc., and just getting yourself being consistent. And then after two, three weeks, you can add the weightlifting. But small changes lead to, to big progress. So, you know, every journey starts with one step, and you have to make that step. Okay, so a lot of our, our technicians and plumbers and electricians, uh, they're going to experience back challenges and knee challenges uh, throughout the course of their career because of the demands of their job. So there's a ton of kneeling up and down, up and down, up and down. And then there's also a fair amount of lifting things in awkward places uh, or in awkward positions where you're extending your body out to try to get something and, and wrenching it up. And, uh, you know, it, it can be really awkward on the body. Where would be some good places or exercises to start to strengthen the knees and then also uh, worry about your back? Yeah, now again, it depends on, on the person. If the person is overweight, my first advice would be for that person to lose weight because even if you try to strengthen those ligaments, joints, tendons, and, and bones, if you carry that extra weight, it's going to be tough. So number one, they have to focus on getting rid of some excessive fat that they have. Then the next, the next thing would be to do some mobility exercises, right? Uh, like let's say cobra, child pose, do a lot of stretching in the morning, foam rolling is very important as well. And then the more you progress, the more important it is to introduce weight training because weight training actually helps with that, helps strengthen up your core, your, your back, right? It helps actually increasing even the bone density, which would prevent injuries. But the number one thing is obviously getting get, getting rid of that extra fat because that's definitely holding you back and making you more susceptible to, to different injuries. Once you do that, you can include some foam rolling, a lot of stretching, and then little by little introduce weight training. If you don't know how to lift weights properly, obviously hiring a personal trainer is a, is a great solution. It's consulting with a chiropractor, but after you do that, you're definitely going to experience a lot of benefits. And in terms of back problems, those back problems take place a lot because uh, a lot of people have weak core. So training your core actually is, is extremely, extremely important. Speaking of training the core, what would be a good, uh, some good starting exercises on that is uh, I'm just curious if there's any type of things that technicians could do like in between calls or like while they, you know, when they wrap up a call and they stop at the gas station, are there any types of quick stretches or exercises they could focus on to kind of keep them limber throughout the day? I mean, I would say number one, plank. Uh, plank is, 
actually is kind of the best exercise in terms of core stability and then back stability as well. So just doing a regular plank starting with 30 seconds. It's a great option. Another one will be Cobra, which pretty much means uh, you're stretching on the on your belly, lifting up your, your lower back, kind of keep your body straight. And the third one will be a child pose, just relaxing in a child pose to open up your hips and, and uh, your lumbar spine too. Those are three great exercises they can start doing now. Obviously, in terms of doing them, I don't know if they can do them probably in the parking lot. I don't know if they're willing to do that, but it's definitely something that uh, they can start with. So they could just get a yoga mat and throw it down in the back of their truck. Oh, yeah, that definitely definitely can work. Yeah, they should have plenty of room for that child's pose. I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that one, but how about, how about push-ups? Anything we can do that's a little more... Uh, a little more workout and a little less stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, push-ups are great, but again, if someone is, is overweight, they're going to have issues, uh, you know, training with their whole body. So you obviously have to start from, you know, lower point and progress, build yourself up to get to the point of being able to do push-ups. It's, it's really individual. If someone is very fit and they can do push-ups, uh, that's obviously it's, uh, it's a great exercise, right? But if someone is struggling doing even 10 push-ups, for example, then you have to start with a plank, you have to try to hold on to that plank one, two, three, you know, five minutes if you can, and then little by little we just progress from there. So plank for for those who don't know is you would be in push up position except you'd lower down onto your elbows and then just hold that position, correct? Yeah, or you can uh, you can just have the position of a regular push up on your hands, right? This is kind of like the easier variation, right? Instead of going all the way down, just holding onto your hands, uh, keeping your back straight. The more advanced one is, yes, on your elbow. Okay, so to start, just get in push-up position, but don't actually go down. Just hold it as long as you can. Yep, and just making sure that your core is activated, uh, your back is straight, right? You don't have your you know, your butt sticking out. That is uh, the proper form. Now, you keep saying as long as somebody is not overweight. I feel like you've seen pictures of Brian. That's why you keep bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk, um, techs are, the technicians are, are a large part of our audience, but also there are the, the office staff. Um, we have a lot of people who listen, who are uh, customer service reps, phone reps, uh, managers like ourselves who are largely behind a desk. Um, let's say we're, let's say somebody like Nate, pretty soft, doesn't work out, not not very (laughs) strong at all. Knew I'd be getting this one back. All right, go ahead. Um, you know, we, say I don't work out at all. I don't do any physical fitness. I'm just now starting to want to try to get into it for the first time ever. And I'm behind my desk pretty much all day. Where, where would I start? What would I start with? What would you have me doing if you were just sitting in a chair next to my desk all day? Well, again, if, if you're just sitting on a chair, you've never trained anything. I'll start by making small changes. First of all, going for a walk, getting into the habit of, let's say, just walking for 30 or 40 minutes consistently for one to two weeks, then afterwards introducing some basic weightlifting routine three times a week. And another thing, if you're working at a desk, you can get into the habit of, let's say, doing 10 push-ups every hour. Let's say you start working at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, comes in. If you can't do 10 push-ups, then 11 o'clock, 10 push-ups. And if you do that consistently throughout the day, I mean that, you know, uh, can do like 50 push-ups, et cetera, even more. So just making those small changes is very important. Uh, as far as as keeping ourselves fit and, and trying to stay in the trades for a long term, um, 
in working out, you know, do I have to be thinking that I need to look like you? I mean, you kind of look like a mountain over there. So is that what I'm going to look like if I keep weightlifting or is it okay to just kind of weightlift just to maintain uh, a certain level of strength? So in terms of, you know, we are all unique, right? We all have our own genetics. So it's very, it's very difficult for someone to look like a specific person. You have to be clear exactly what your goals are. And in general sense, we all train for longevity, which means to be as healthy as we can, you know, the older we get. So you don't necessarily obviously have to try to look like somebody else. Again, weightlifting is beneficial, not only because you're going to obviously gain muscle, but you're going to get stronger. It's going to be beneficial for your bones. For injury prevention purposes, you're actually burn, burning more calories when you lift weights. During the training itself, you're burning calories. Then when your body starts recovering from the training, you continue to burn calories. Um, but again, the, the level of intensity right, and the frequency of your training obviously has to be modified according to your own capabilities. So in that sense, let's say me, I can train like, let's say someone who is a Navy SEAL, for example, or someone who is a professional powerlifter in the same way, a person who is just starting out shouldn't design their program as someone who has been training for years. You have to make small changes and just developing the right habits because we're in, in this game for the long run, right? This is a, this is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint in terms of, you know, training. Absolutely. Now, in terms of training, one of the things that I'll fully disclose that I struggle with is, is discipline, right? So I have the best intentions. You know, I'll be at work and I'll think to myself like, yeah, I'm going to get home. And as soon as I get home, I'm going to put those sneakers on. I'm going to go for a run, whatever it may be. Um, and then sure enough, I get home and the sneakers stay in the closet and that bag of Cheetos comes to find me again. I'm sure you've dealt in your coaching, especially online coaching, uh, with a lot of people who are struggling with the discipline, how to get into that routine, how to start that routine when you either don't have one or it's very erratic at best. What are some tips or tactics that you can give to our listeners to help them to even start with discipline uh, if they perhaps don't have any right now? Great question, Nate. Uh, first of all, you can develop discipline only through action, which means that you have to act in order for you to, to develop discipline. But if someone struggles with that, I personally would suggest to them to write down 10 reasons why they, they need to work out, right? How them, them not training is affecting their life. And I'm saying, for example, you know, their libido is low, lack of energy, they're overweight, they don't look good in their clothes, etc. Just make that list. Make the list. Why do you have to work out, right? And then read that list twice a day in the morning and at night. So when you read that list, it's going to obviously create certain emotions in you, which should propel you to take action. But unless you have a very strong why, you're not going to take action. I always tell people, if somebody tells you that you have to lose weight in one month, or they're going to, you know, shoot your kid, for example, <laughs> what are the chances you're going to lose weight? I mean, you will, right? Why? Because the consequence of not you not losing weight are very severe and you know that might could be a very very uh, extreme example but i'm just trying to illustrate that well sure if you have a put, put it put it in the, a more positive context if somebody said here is a check for five hundred thousand dollars you have to be down 20 percent of your weight in 60 days everybody would do it yeah yeah this is, this is exactly my point that if the reason for you the why is strong enough you will uh, you know, find any, any uh, why, anyhow, and uh, there is a great book by, uh, I think Victor Frankl, uh, 
you know, um, searching for meaning. He's pretty much explaining that, that you have to have a strong why in order for you to achieve anything. So just working on your mindset before you start the training, it's very important because you can't have the best intentions in the world unless you take action. It's, it's pointless, right? So uh, just having that idea of why do you want to be fit? And by you not being fit, how is that affecting your life right now? And once you can build that image, that image should prepare you to take the action, right? So I do a lot of mindset work with, with my clients to put them into the right mindset of why it's important for them to take action and, and get fit. Because at the end of the day, if you get fit, that will affect every area of your life. You're going to be better worker. You're going to be better leader. You're going to be a better husband, better, better father. Everything is going to be affected by it. You just have to develop your why and you have to be able to build that image of how that's going to affect your life. And once you speak, once you're crystal clear on that image, that will actually prepare you taking action. And the more action you take, the more discipline you're going to become. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Understanding your why has such great implications, not with just working out, but really in every area of your life, you know, pursuing education or choosing a family or, or whatever it may be, like understanding the why is really what motivates us. Uh, those are really good words there. Now, Ivan, I'm curious as far as accountability, where does that play in here? Uh, our technicians do primarily live, not live, uh, work in a, a solitary role. So they're pretty much by themselves other than the mornings uh, for the rest of the day. Uh, you know, they call and text each other and those types of things. Uh, but it, it's pretty much a solo role. Where does accountability from other people factor into you staying disciplined or you staying on target with your health goals? Yeah, accountability is huge because especially if you haven't made those changes yourself and developed discipline at the beginning, it's going to be tough. No one is, you know, wakes up one day and is super accountable, super disciplined, right? You need time to develop that. So at least at the beginning, you definitely would be good to have a support system in place, family members, friends, someone who can hold you accountable. And that is for every area, especially for those guys that are working those type of jobs that are very difficult, uh, very difficult job. So if they can have somebody holding them accountable, like a friend, coworker, and they can lay out exactly the goals that they have, let's say every week, and someone holding them accountable, accomplishing those goals, that would be amazing. And then over time, that's going to build up discipline for them to actually start holding themselves accountable. But at least at the beginning, it's going to be tough because every change we want to make, there is a high level of resistance that is opposing that change and you have to be able to push through it. So having the right support system is definitely very helpful. I'll tell you, getting, getting into that extreme ownership Facebook group, which is not difficult to get into. Um, and just, you see, we see people, Ivan and I see people do it all the time where they say, Hey, just starting to work out for the first time. Here's my plan and here's what I'm going for. And then everybody, you know, they like the post and then they start giving advice in the comments and they really do hold each other accountable in there. Um, a great place to start is just to get in one of these types of Facebook groups and and publicly post what you're going to do. Uh, yeah. What does Weldon Long say? Public declarations uh, predict future actions. So if you just if you get in there and say here's a here's a pick of me now might might not be your proudest moment, but here's where I want to be in 90 days or six months or what have you, and I'm asking for any advice that will help me get there. Um, and here's my program, 
the people in those groups will help you be accountable. They're it's positive. It's uplifting. They don't, they don't beat you down and, and they don't get super negative. Um, and feel free to find me on Facebook, shoot me a private message and I'll get you into one of these groups. If you're interested, we can also hang your picture in the hallway here at work too. If you'd like <laughs> a little public accountability. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ivan. Uh, so we've kind of covered the gamut of, of many things here as far as eating well and, and making sure that you're, you're, you know what your calorie intake is so that you even know, are you at a plateau or are you gaining weight, losing weight? And then started into looking at, you know, what are some good methods of exercise and stretching? Uh, what are some things that we should be focusing on to keep our bodies healthy and strong? And then developing that discipline and moving into accountability. What, if any other areas of focus in the health realm, would you bring to the attention of our listeners as far as focus points in the home services industry? I mean, my advice would be just consistency because even with the nutrition, for example, I'm not a, as you mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of keto, but the reason I am not is because of how many people are falling off from that type of nutrition, right? There's no best diet. The key is sustainability. So you have to find something that works for you and it can be sustainable with your lifestyle and your goals. And once you do that, the key is just being consistent with it, right? So that is, uh, that will be my advice find what works for you and just being be consistent with it yeah we didn't we didn't actually mention it on the episode but we had talked before about the fact that uh ivan's not a huge fan of the keto carnivore diet not not because necessarily it doesn't work because it obviously does work for people but because there is a high rate of people getting off of it and then gaining all the weight back and um i am a fan of those ways of eating um, but also I'm, I'm up at 4.15 every morning and in the gym to lift weights. So for me, it is a uh, two-sided approach. Yeah, it's because, again, it's, it's really about sustainability. You, I'm not a fan of generalizing and telling well, everybody should be following this. No, you have to see what works for you. Now, at the end of the day, in terms of, let's say, fat loss, is really about the amount of calories you consume and what are your sources, where you're getting your calories from. But... If for some people keto is sustainable for them and keep them satiated, yes, you're, I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, you have to find what is consistent for it for you and what can be sustained over a long period of time. Because over the short term, you can lose weight, but you, by just not eating it. All. But of course, you can't sustain that. So the moment you start eating again, you're going to gain weight. So successful diet is a diet that can introduce you to a whole lifestyle change where you're consistent and sustainable results you're getting not something that can work for you for a month and then you ended up gaining the weight or just pulling off track and this is where you specialize so i, I definitely want to get into this which is you you and correct me if i'm wrong but you customize you you build programs for people custom to their own um, starting point and where they want to end up and you do diet as well as as uh, fitness correct yeah, uh, what I do is it's a complete mentorship. It's uh, it's ninety days, pretty much. I cover their nutrition, their training, accountability. I set the right habits for them. We do a lot of mindset work for them to be consistent and have a a bigger vision in terms of their whole life change that's going to take place. And yes, I do obviously provide a lot of nutritional advice. I structure the nutrition, and again, I work strictly individually with each person, which means that some people who have a great feedback on the keto diet, I might put them on a keto diet. With other people, intermittent fasting could be the key. 
I personally am a proponent of flexible dieting. This is something that I do, right? But for some people who have a hard time moderating certain foods, it might not be the best option. So I'm fully aware that each person is unique, individual, and you have to work with their preferences and what works to them. Hmm. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. What, what was that term again that you used? It's called flexible dieting. Another term for it is if it fits your macros, which pretty much, if I can uh, make it simple, means that you can eat anything you want, not just as much as you want. Oh, I love but that. It, but, you have, <laughs> but you have a certain amount of um, protein, fat, and carbohydrates that you need to get every day, and you just can't go over that, correct? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's like a budget. For example, if your caloric budget is 2,000 calories, it's up to you how you're going to spend your budget, right? You can go have a cheesecake, for example, but it's 500 calories, and now you have 1,500 calories left, so right, it's, it's up to you to decide how you want to spend that. But again, obviously, you have certain targets in terms of protein, carbs, and fats, so you have to be able to hit those. But again, flexible dieting gives you some sort of flexibility. So if, let's say, you want to have a cake here and there, that's not going to kill you. You can't. Again, the goal is sustainability over the long run. I personally, uh, if I have to deprive myself from certain foods, I'm not going to be consistent with it. I enjoy having, you know, chocolate here and there, uh, let's say ice cream. So that works for me really well and it works for a lot of people. Now, if you can't control how much of those foods you're going to eat, flexible dieting might not be a good option for you. That makes sense. Uh, and that's definitely a struggle that I would have as far as controlling certain foods. <laughs> but, uh, and, it, and it sounds confusing to, um, to technicians and, and customer service reps that have really never uh, dabbled in this, in this kind of thing where, where you, you're um, limiting your calorie intake for the day. And it sounds like a lot. But correct me if I'm wrong, after probably a few weeks of doing this, you would – you would think that if Nate started doing this right now, he would start getting a pretty good idea of how many calories are in a food just by seeing it. Does it, does it take very long to develop that? No, I mean, I would say it takes two weeks. And that is the reason why tracking your food intake helps a lot because you can see those numbers for yourself. And the more you do that, the easier, the easier it becomes. Hey, good stuff, Ivan. We're, we're going to be bringing it in for a landing here. Um, and before we do that, I wanted to ask if people are interested in learning more about you or the programs that you offer, where's the best place to find that? I mean, they can find me on, on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. My name is Ivan uh, Cholakov. I have also a group. Um, it's called Jack Dad. And this group, uh, we discuss uh, more about flexible dieting. We discuss training strategies. And the best way to contact me is really through my social media. Yeah, send, send me a link to the group you have. I'm, I'm actually not part of it. All right, yeah, I'll do that. And we'll, uh, we'll also post it on the Waste No Day uh, Facebook page and Instagram page as well. So, so okay. uh, what's, going on, what's going on with you, Ivan? I, I, I love your story. I love the journey. Um, how, how do you like it here? What do you like about being here versus uh, Bulgaria? What, what's... Um, yeah, tell us what what's next for you. What are you doing? What are you aiming for? What are the goals you have? I mean, I'm um, I'm very blessed to be living here, my friend. I'm uh, I don't even know how to express it. I I have met some amazing people, and I meet amazing people here in the United States. I've been given so many opportunities that um, I would never think would be possible if I was still in uh, in Bulgaria. So in that sense, I'm I'm very grateful, and uh, and I'm always going to be grateful. So. In terms of my personal goals, I want to 
further expand my coaching, hire more coaches uh, who have similar values like mine. And my goal is having uh, at least 1 million transformations. So until I get to that point, helping 1 million people, I'm not going to be really satisfied. So that is my my personal goal in terms of uh, uh, my coaching. Wow. And just expand that, expand in that direction because, again, the more people I can work with, the more people I can help. And um, that is uh, that is what drives me, actually. But in terms of how I like it here, I mean, I love it, obviously. There is so much freedom here, um, which a lot of people, unfortunately, take for granted. But nevertheless, it's part of our it's part of the culture in the United States. You have the freedom to disagree. You have the freedom to agree with whatever you want to agree with. Uh, that is the beauty of it. And unfortunately, there are a lot of countries that don't have those freedoms. So we have to be grateful for that. And uh, I'm extremely grateful. Is there an example you could give us of uh, something that maybe a recent one where, where to you this it's still even nine years later a, a surprise that that it's this free or easy, um, but that somebody like Nate and myself would take for granted and not even realize we have it. I mean, for example, uh, when I was growing up in in Bulgaria, food supplies were pretty limited, so. If you want to go to the store, you were entitled to just buy one type of bread, one type of cheese, one type of meat. There was no varieties of it, and you had to wait on a huge line, right? But now when you go here in in any store, you have so much variety to choose from. It actually gets overwhelming sometimes because you can't even choose. There's just so much choice you can make, right? So that is one example I can make. And and also in um, the freedoms that we have here in terms of expression, I understand that during communism, you, you couldn't actually criticize the government. You couldn't even protest against it. We would be immediately squashed, and people would be actually thrown in jail for that. My great-grandfather was in jail because he was criticizing the government. Here, obviously, we have those freedoms. You can go out and curse the president out or do whatever you want uh, in terms of your freedoms of speech, and there's no, no consequences for it, right? In the general sense, so yeah, those are another thing that is quite different from from over there, especially when I was growing up. Now, obviously, things are changed because it's different government. But when I was growing up, it was much different. Wow, that's such a good reminder for all of us, especially in uh, what what can often feel like a politically heavy time. I uh, appreciate those words of encouragement. Yeah, yeah, it's great having you on today, Ivan. It, it was a pleasure to finally talk to you. And uh, we we wish you much success and and hope we can help you get to your goal of 1 million transformations. We'd love to have you back on maybe in a few months and and then just have you as a regular guest and and keep up, uh, uh, keep tabs on your progress toward that goal. Thank you so much, Nate. I'm uh, humbled to be in your podcast. It really means a lot. I'm uh, very grateful to to you guys and uh, God bless you. Thank you. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast with Ivan and it's, it was really good to just listen to him talk about the different exercises and ways that we can really look at keeping ourselves healthy. I loved his approach on how he not only just focuses on what is going to work for you, but is willing to explore different options, different dietary programs, different uh, methods. But his end goal is that transformation. He, he's shooting for a million transformations, which is such an awesome goal. I hope that you have a goal like that too. Maybe yours is for yourself personally, uh, losing some weight or getting more in shape or whatever it may be. But that's one more thing we want to encourage you to do. 
not only in the home services industry, but if you're listening to this podcast just as a whole, we want you to be focusing on making yourself better. That's our motto here. We want to choose to wake up every single morning to waste no day. 